Today, I talked to Doug Woodrow, absolutely fantastic guest. He is early in his CTO career, but he's saying and doing all the right things. He is absolutely someone to watch out for. He is the CTO of Nightspeed Moving, and they're developing software and changing the moving game. We talk about the pain of gaining experience, machine learning, billionaires, Musk, Bezos, and Branson, and even KFC. This episode is finger looking good right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. All right, so you were talking about the blended role now that's kind of cropping up between CEO and CTO. And that is something that I've experienced too because. 20 years ago, CTO was super technical. He was just the quiet tech guy, and that was it. You know, just make the computers work. And the CEO was, you know, Mr. Personality Man. But what you're seeing is you're seeing that gap slowly bridge. And one of the things that's driving that is the fact that the technology is moving so fast, and you have to have very detailed knowledge of the technology in order to even make the business decisions. And if you're constantly communicating that to the CEO, right? it at some point becomes uh, a better use of time just for the CTO to be making the technology business decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least that's where it seems like, that's like the extreme. That's like the extreme of where it's going. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think that the, the technology is driving that. Like I was having this conversation the other day about uh, Facebook advertising. Yeah. And the developers know what's going on before the marketing people do. Oh yeah. So the marketing people are always asking me like, what do we do? What do we do? Because that information hits the API before Facebook's marketing department even gets it out the door. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the interesting thing is as well as, is I think, um, I mean, we look at the, the growth of programming, uh, and the growth of, you know, software engineering as a whole and the needs that we, we really are going to require for the next, you know, 30 years. And it's hard not to be a technical person now, I think. You know, I think it's actually more work to go out of your way and try not to be technical than it is to just, you know, learn, uh, you know, like you see a lot of marketers now that are, that are incredibly talented from a technical perspective in some senses. Um, whereas 10 years ago, you know, they were, they were saying things like, Oh, I want this taken over to my programmers or whatever. And I think that's exciting. And, and I, I agree with you that, you know, the, the growth of this job, uh, as the, the, the CTO is, it's huge. It's, it's definitely, um, become like this really, really involved role where, you know, like you said there, there's, you know, one side business and then another side technical. Um, and yeah, the technology is moving so quick and I see that on a day to day within, um, sorry, a co-owned a moving company, uh, called night speed moving. Um, we started back in 2012 and now we're finally getting to the point where we need, you know, software and logistics in order to fuel the business moving forward. And it's funny how things from, you know, the technical world, uh, computer science and programming and all those types of things, uh, integrate so closely with the business and how they drive the business forward and making decisions. And it's, and it's, it's almost kind of, 
it's strange how well they line up with each other uh, because I find a lot of times like I'll, I'll use, um, I'm trying to think of a good example here, but using uh, technical skills to solve non-technical problems. Um, so I find myself like modeling real world problems uh, in my head as code and then, you know, using them in, in real life, you know, like going out and networking or something. Um, I, I guess networking is a great example. You know, you got networking on computers, but on the other side, you got networking um, within like, you know, human beings and things like that. And it's just so funny how the business world and the tech world line up so closely. So yeah, I, I think the CTO is becoming a much, much bigger role and a much more important role. Um, I would say that, you know, they're, they're equally as important as the C, uh, the CEO, um, maybe more important if, you know, they're a very technical company, So it, it's an exciting time to be a CTO. Yeah. I've, I've seen some of the, the more popular tech people, when they're starting these companies, I've seen it a handful of times, they'll actually wear the label CTO and act as the CEO. Yep. Yep. Because I think it's glamorous in, in some sense of the word, right? Um, I think we looked at, you know, I, I think one of the movies that really spawned this in a, in a big turning point um, was the the movie, The Social Network. Um, even though, you know, the, the acting, the acting was great. And, um, but some of the details definitely, I, I'm sure they blew it out of proportion, you know, to kind of get the Hollywood effect going. But I think, you know, after that, I, I kind of, everyone wanted to build their own social network, um, you know, and everyone wanted to be a technical person. Everyone wanted to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. And, you know, it's becoming more and more glamorous every day because I think, uh, you know, being in technology calls to this inner person that everybody kind of has in them, this inner pioneer, um, that's really excited and, and, you know, able to do anything without any rules and limits. And I think the computer in, in many ways provides that for, for me, um, and for a lot of other technical people. So it, it, it's really awesome. Yeah. I loved how that movie, I read somewhere that they actually spent a portion of their budget on making sure that the commands, the actor, Mark Zuckerberg's actor was typing in, like, I think he was just doing some basic curl commands to grab some images, right? But that yep. they actually made sure that it was technically correct. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. I had to go back a couple times, like, uh, and watch it just to like, you know, see if it all lined up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, they're using wget there. They're using this and this. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah. that's awesome. So yeah, they, you know, it's, it's, uh, that that was a really great one. The only other one, uh, the only other show, because I feel like usually this is like the cringe worthy part of every show. Like you know, they like oh, hand yeah. over to the phone, and it's like some like random uh, designer put together like a sketch in ten minutes of what an operating system looks like. And now you're looking at it on the phone. But uh, I, uh, Mr. Robots, the other show that really does that well, they actually oh hire, yeah yeah man, they hire people from DefCon um, to actually do all the the commands and and whatnot. So all that's legit too, which is pretty cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I like that show. I'm actually, total honesty, for some reason, you know, I was hooked on it season one, right into season two on Amazon Prime and like obsessed with it. And I, I actually make music too. It's like, I love music and I actually made like a, sometimes I like to make songs for like different shows or movies oh, or yeah. sentiment that I'm seeing. And so like I made a, a, a song from Mr. Robot called Mr. Nobody. So I, I really uh -huh. liked the show. It kind of, because it, it wells up that this like very interesting sense inside of you that I feel like a lot of introverted tech people feel and they nail it, right? Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. So I love that they, that they hit it right um, with the technical stuff. How did you find out about that? Uh, Mr. Robot? Yeah. Um, I, God, I, I can't remember now. I think... Um, oh, or the DEF CON I, I, fact. 
Oh, oh, the DEFCON fact. Uh, I can't. That was yeah. just one day in passing. My buddy and I were talking. I, I turned him onto the show, and then he got like super into it. He became like super fanboy of it. So um, he ended up like he came over the next time and was like telling me all the facts. And I was like, oh snap! Like you must really like this show, man. You know. So he uh, he was watching um, and must have been looking up facts while he was watching, and he just like had like a whole slew of things to tell me. And uh, that was one of the interesting things. I was like, oh, yeah. So I love that show. I've watched. uh, I'm pretty caught up. I think I got a little bit left on um, the end of season two. And uh, is season three out on Prime yet? Yeah, it it is. It just it came out recently. So you got to let me know if you feel like the momentum was lost or maybe it was just because my personal life got so busy that I actually just haven't been watching anything for a couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally understand that one for sure. Yeah. I just had a daughter, so I have an 11-week-old daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's definitely... That'll take you away from watching TV, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And then the business is growing. So, like, our my business doubled last year and then it doubled again this year. So... Uh, I love that. That's been... Yeah. Yeah. I like Nightspeed. So, I looked up Nightspeed. That's the moving company where you're uh, currently wear the badge of CTO there. And I super enjoyed the website because it was modern, the design, it was well designed. And even your, although I'm a, I'm 50, 50 on the background video, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your background video was super crisp. So you, it was like a very good background video and the site loaded ultra fast. What you made that site, right? Yeah. Yeah. So actually the funniest thing too, because, um, we're actually about to replace that entire site with one that's at leagues, leagues, leagues better, like 10, 20 times better than, than what that is right now. Um, we ended up striking out the, the background video, uh, because, you know, we, we found that that, and like you said, it's a 50, 50 thing. We just ended up deciding that it probably wasn't the best to keep. It's just so interesting that we, we, the new site, we based it all around consumer psychology, really, and science. So, um, rebuilt the entire thing. Uh, and it was all built in Angular before, uh, Angular 1, Angular JS, uh, which actually created a lot of problems for us. And for anyone listening to this, definitely do not use Angular JS for a consumer website <laughs> because it is a nightmare. Um, you can't do SEO. Uh, preloading is really difficult. Like there's, there's a a slew of different issues. Uh, thank goodness that, you know, we're on into angular two and angular four now, but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, we're, we're really proud of, I think, you know, the, the thing with Nightspeed is, is that we've really tried to change the image of, of what a, a moving company looks like. You know, even the, the more modern companies that I think are, are more household names, like two men under truck you know, they're still getting by without being very innovative, which I think, you know, can ride in some industries for a while. But somebody needed to come into moving in general and just, you know, kind of clean up. It's uh, how old it was and how, you know, antiquated, like everything in that industry is. It's incredible how, um, like, by the books, everything uh, runs in the moving industry. And, you know, that's, that's kind of our, our mission is to change all of that. So it's, uh, it's, it's been an interesting ride. Yeah. Well, moving, you know, boring and needed that sexiness of the technology and, you know, you guys saw the market opportunity and you went in and executed. And I think, I think it was a way, I don't see the books of the company, but visually to the end consumer, me acting as a consumer visiting the site, uh, it was a win, big win. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And, and, well, the, the exciting part has been is, is that, um, 
you know, right now, so, so I'll kind of take you back a little bit here. Uh, so four years ago, I come to college, uh, UCF, uh, to study computer science and my father was an entrepreneur. So, um, you know, I ended up pretty much being an entrepreneur as well, always had that fire in my stomach, um, met my business partner in the fall of 2012. Um, he tells me that, you know, he, he, uh, he'd been working at Lockheed Martin at the time and had, been doing, you know, moves for cash on the weekends and, mm-hmm. you know, realized that like, wow, you know, like a lot of people actually need this and it's, you know, fairly profitable at the time it, it you know, it made sense. It was very profitable because he was just putting the cash in his pocket. So, you know, puts up a flyer, uh, gets a couple move calls, ends up going out there and then realizes that, you know, he needs somebody, he, he's not a, he's not, uh, he's become a little more creative, but he's not like the super creative types. He's more of like the run the business by the numbers kind of guy, um, which is great. Cause you know, he's balanced my, my, uh, my scatterbrainness. And I think we've learned a little bit about each other, uh, from each other. Um, but you know, one of the things that, that, we knew from an early time was, is that if we were going to make this work, we did need to make it look really great. So, you know, started, started with a website, um, and have grown the business really by word of mouth for the most part. Um, we've used, you know, Facebook ads, we, we've done things like that. We haven't really gotten into that. Um, we're about to really hop into that, you know, like the online marketing game here in the next few months. Uh, but you know, from a, from a, a book side and kind of like how we've run the company, um, up to this point, you know, we've we've tried to take the least amount of investment on. Uh, we've gone through two rounds of uh, funding now, um, and you know, we we've broken even uh, just within Florida. Like our we're at this point, our operational costs month to month um, are covered by you know the 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 moves and things like that. We have some some other outside services. Um, that we do like labor and some from freight and transportation and things like that. But now at this point, I've really moved it to, uh, I guess what you would say is as a, a fairly profitable mo- uh, model. We've we've really broken even. Um, even you know we own two moving trucks, uh, forty employees. I mean it, it's a big operation now, um, and we've been able to break break even um, month to month, which has been great. And now the exciting part is is we're actually going up for another round of funding right now. Um, and I just sealed the deal and sent a video over to the team, uh, the management team, so they can send it to our investors uh, for pretty much uh, demonstrating that you know we haven't just broken even on the model, but now we're we're coming with a vengeance because now we have this the first version of our logistics software uh, called Manage Move ready, so that we can scale this out, you know, to you know 20, 30, 40, 100 cities uh, across the U.S. And really, you know, start becoming a household name. Um, so now this round of funding, the goal is really to kind of like expand out to outside of Florida's bounds so that we can start doing uh, more, uh, you know, state to state moving uh, because we're, we're finding as we grow in order to really keep the momentum going, we have to, uh, you know, kind of move outside of the state and start taking on bigger jobs. So it's, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy learning experience. And it also reminds me every day that, you know, even though, uh, sometimes, uh, the CTO's role is very important. You really do have to build that, that good old business model under the hood where people really love your product. You know, you can't sell, 
you can't sell crap to people. You know what I mean? Like you really have to make something amazing, get it, gr- uh, grow it between people. Um, some things work that way. And, and once it's, you know, word of mouth is going around, uh, that your product's great, you know, you're able to expand the company. And now we're finally at a point where software comes into play. Um, and hopefully, you know, that will kind of move us towards, uh, an exit strategy in the next, you know, four, uh, three or four years. So it it has been crazy. It's, it's a, it's a very complicated company and the, uh, the story is incredibly complicated too. So crazy. And that's like a huge, a huge part, a huge skill is to be able to communicate complicated things very simply, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I so think like that's the Yeah, because if you want investors or if you want your customers to be able to access your services easily or understand your concepts easily, you have to be able to boil it down. Yeah. Um, I really like, I was actually talking to a moving company mm-hmm. um, two or three months ago, and they're, they're a local moving company. You know, we're actually only two and a half hours away from each other. Do you know this? Oh, really? Oh, wow. No, I did not know that. Well, yeah, I'm a native to Sarasota. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I I looked around a little bit. I snooped around a little bit. I saw you'd, you'd gone to MIT and, and done stuff there. And then uh, you're back in uh, Florida now, obviously. Uh, I didn't know that we were that close, though. That's awesome. We definitely will have to get some face-to-face time for sure as well. Yeah, and I've got, I mean, UCF. I used to live in Baldwin Park. Oh, wow. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> okay, like right really right near the school. Yeah, you go down and do the Corona bar and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm familiar with the area. Um, I, I like, so I was talking to this moving company, and they were talk, They were asking me, they were like family friends, right? And they were just at some birthday party or something. They were talking about expanding their business, and they're like, oh, you know, Joel, I'm, I think I'm like the most businessy person in, in my family. <laughs> so mm. they're like, oh, yeah, ask, ask Joel. And so I was talking to him, and about growing. And he said, you know, do you have any ideas? And I go, well, you know, off the top of my head, I was really big in real estate software for a while, mm-hmm. speaking at real estate conferences and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I guess the first thing I would do is I, I happen in my city, I happen to know like the top three agents that do all the business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, well, the first thing I do is I'd go talk to, to those guys. I'd go talk to like David Beachy. I'd go talk to those guys and I would say, Hey, here's a, percentage of my company or well, first I would start by saying, Hey, I want to do some sort of joint venture where we give like a coupon for like $50 off or a hundred dollars off to every single one of your clients. And then you include it, like you give it to them with the sales package. And then of course I'd farther incentivize them if they would say, no, 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 you know, I'd go down the chain. And then I'd ultimately give them like a percentage, like a, a small equity piece or some stock or something so that they're, that they directly benefit and profit off of the transaction. But I would get them involved because they literally sell a hundred homes a month. Yep. It's a hundred moves a month. Like why would I not cross promote with the largest brokerage firms in my town? Yeah. You and know, it, and, and it's, it's amazing to hear that cause that's exactly what we did. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so we, yeah, exactly. So yeah, we, it's, it's so funny how, uh, you know, birds of a feather flock together, I guess, you know, but yeah, that, that's the exact, that's exactly the approach we took. We went to brokers, um, we got really tight with Coldwell Banker, um, yeah. Keller Williams, and Remax in Orlando, and now we're moving. Really trying to get it in Miami, um, and it's worked magically for us. And the the software allows us to track all that, so that we're able to pay referrals out. Um, yep, this is so amazing. This is unbelievable. It's hilarious. Yeah, all no, right. Yep. So there you go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna- 
I'm going to see works. them at Christmas and I'm going to be like, hey, guys, did you do anything with that advice I gave you? Yeah. <laughs> They're probably going to say no. You know? Well, you can let them know. Oh, it that's works. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Good job. Um, Plus one for you. Made my Woo. made my day there. Right. Yeah. And I love that you guys design the software. And another another point to to mention when you were talking is you said you developed some custom software and that actually gives the business some IP, right? So if you guys did have some sort of management fiasco or like something happened outside of that was unique to your specific operation, that software is still licensable and salvageable to some extent. It's like investors would, they like that, right? Yeah. You have the option to license it out at worst case scenario. Yeah. and, And I think, you know, within every company, um, and I, I think this kind of ties back to what we were saying about the CEOs versus CTO type where, you know, th- these things tightly integrate together is, is because we are technical young people that are running the company, we're able to see these things as like, you know, hedging the risk of, because you're right, tomorrow something may happen and we may have to shut down the operation. I mean, you know, we, we've obviously put a lot of time into training to make sure that doesn't happen, things like that, but who knows what's going to happen, Right. Uh, the great part yeah. about having the software is, is that, yes, exactly. We'll be able to, if anything, God forbid, anything happens, we'd be able to move over to that. And hopefully, you know, longer term, looking at, at a longer term option, uh, the hopes would be that we kind of maybe move towards more of just a software company. Um, I think that every good piece of software comes from somebody that really knows that industry or knows the pain points of, you know, something uh, in that that uh, area. And that's, I I think, why, you know, we really built this moving company was really just to be the biggest case study ever for our own software um, to show that, you know, like if we can run it, um, you know, and and figure it out, then then so can you kind of thing that we've been able to just kind of take this this intellectual piece of software um, and then, you know, kind of hopefully move over towards just being a software company one day. Um, and then, you know, maybe move away from the, the operation side of things altogether and, you know, hopefully sell that off or, or, you know, whatever, whatever direction that ends up taking. Well, yeah, it's business wise. It's super smart. Cause what you did was you, you essentially bootstrapped a case study business. And it's like, it's such a testament to like 2018, right? Yep. Oh, I had a software, but instead of getting some other companies that we just built our own company, ran it, I ate, you know, I chomped up 0.25% of your market share of the, yep. of the, of the person who's the biggest national brand and why? Well, I don't know. It was Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> can, right. And, and you know, then you can either pick them up as a client or work with them or you can just continue to eat away at their market share if they're that close-minded, right? Well, I, th- I think that's like crucial, right? Because the other part of it is, is that if we go to license it to other software, uh, other moving companies, like yeah, that's going to kind of look weird if we're competing with them in our own space. And you know what I mean? Like that could just get weird and, and funny. So I think to the investors, this is like the holy grail, you know, because it's like we started as a as a cash business. We started as a business where, you know, we, we, we didn't have to take on a lot of debt in order to grow our infrastructure. And now we're at a point where the infrastructure is there where we need to facilitate the need for software. And that will move us out of the hopefully the operations game eventually. So it, it's been a very... Um, organic path to this point. You know what I mean? Like every move we've made has been, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't like, you know, we didn't sit there for hours, like <laughs> how are we going to get rich? You know what I mean? It was just like literally making choices for our customer that were the best. It was like, 
you know, uh, you know, do we refund this customer because their their couch got you know dinged or some leather got ripped or something like that? And you know, the answer was always yes. You know, focus on the customer, build a great business um, that you know is able to to uh, pay the salaries of the the management staff and the you know the needs of you know whatever the the movers do in labor Value. being able to pay the exactly yeah. So it, it's been it's been cool because we've been able to grow out of that model and into hopefully this new software model. I love it. I I gotta ask about influencers like who do you surround yourself with everyone's out there producing content you kind of pick and choose the universe you your environment that you want to live in and uh i'm a huge fan of like gary v have you heard of gary v oh yes <laughs> i think it's hard not oh, to hear about yeah. gary v. <laughs> is it though i love him man. I, I love him all right here we go i i six months a year ago i heard about him for the first time mm-hmm about six, six, six months ago, I started listening to him like all the time, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then about six, eight weeks ago, I said, so I, I, have, a, um, I have an app company, right? Mm-hmm. We make apps and it's great and it's been around for a long time and I'm not like trying to get a bunch of new business. I've got a, a select few relationships that I work through that continually give me business, right? The best. So I didn't, yeah, and it, we, the hardest thing about the app company is scaling. Yep. You got to get experts and, and you got to pay the experts a ton of money so that you can make your life easier and, you know, execute flawlessly to keep your relationships happy, consistently execute amazing, provide lots of value, get experts. But the experts are the hardest people to find mm-hmm. because the mar- there's so much growth in the economy that a lot of the experts, they get a business bug and they go do their own thing. Right. Yep. Yep. So and that's that's more power to them. But from a scaling uh, agency of development agency, it, it's a incredibly difficult. So I said, all right, well, we're about like 10 to 14 people now and we're going to stay there. And what I want to do is I, I want to uh, take Gary V's advice and apply it to a project, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had this book that I've been working on last year to kind of share because I work with investors and they bring in com- like startups and mid-sized companies and even large companies. And then I'll end up working with their CTOs and we'll just like, you know, nothing super crazy. We'll be at dinner and we're talking and I start sharing my stories and I start sharing these topics and they're like, wow, this is great. And so I, instead of just constantly talking, I said, well, I'll write it all down in a book and then I'll write a book, I guess. And then I'll just share it with everyone I know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we started talking about it. It became, you know, we started recording the calls and then podcasts and so on. And it, and that's where we're at today. Right. But in that whole process, I thought, all right, well, I want to do this Gary V. I want to I want to use Gary V's knowledge. Like it all, it's what I believe in. It sounds good, but I want to apply it to a project, and I don't want to scale my development agency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so I said, well, why don't I just apply it to the book? Mm-hmm. Why don't I apply it to like the book and the podcast? Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay. So yeah, you know, I took a chunk of money and put a, a, a four or five person team together. Got a PR person. Got a writer. Got you know. Uh, general administrative person and some tech technical assistance. And we've been rocking this out for like eight weeks now. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, I, like, I love like, that. Uh, no, 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 no. Like take whatever, like my expect, my expectations, mm-hmm. like quadru, like, I don't know the number, like Hector something <laughs> like, 
I'm not kidding you. Like it's, it's insane. This opportunity was great. And I, I love being able to, to do this and bring CTOs on and talk with them. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's why I was, I was looking around and I was like, Oh snap, like this must be a brand new thing. So yeah. And the, the ability to have the impact, um, is so, so, uh, direct now that, you know, being able to kind of have the personality plus some experience, you know, uh, behind you. And being able to to launch that and um, to be able to just give people the knowledge to be able to to reach their goals, I think is is at least you know for me it's my biggest uh, philanthropic endeavor. That's the the thing I want to you know go after the most is education. So it really excites me to be able to hear that you know there's other people in the world thinking about you know these types of things um, because yeah I, I couldn't agree more that you know being able to have the impact that, that you want, um, so quickly, you know, within eight weeks to be able to make that big of a difference, you know, and, and being able to reach out to other people and, and just connect on, on the same level with other CTOs is, is I think something that's really powerful. So I, I'm, like I said, at the beginning of, uh, at this is I'm really, really happy to be able to, um, you know, just be here and, and talking to you. Cause I, I'd, I'd been thinking about, you know, where, where are these CTOs? Uh, because I, I, I know that the, the demand for this is growing, but the, the number of CTO titles that I'm seeing aren't necessarily, you know? Um, so it's, it's great to see more, uh, more of this types of, uh, you know, information being able to be readily distributed to, to young CTOs or people that are thinking about becoming CTOs. Experience is painful to obtain. Okay experience mm-hmm. is not like this pleasant, you know, frolic through a forest concept where you go easy breezy and you come out with a bunch of it. I mean, you come out like with battle scars, like you learn, man, you, you, you put yourself through the dirt, like you work for the experience. Right. And so my, my goal was when the thing that runs through my head all the time, like the recurring Gary Vee thing is like double down on what you're great at, like double and triple down on the things that you're great at and, and what you like what you know you are. And so I kind of had to, it took like, you know, a month or two of me trying to figure that out and just saying, no, it doesn't feel right. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. You know, it's not scaling an agency. No, it's not making an app based on my experience of like working with other people. I mean, I don't need to like Slack is the best. Like I don't need to do anything. Like I kept thinking, I kept going back to my old, you know, cause I've got a developer mindset. I've got a creator mindset to go create an app or go to create a technology or go, you know, cr- you know, uh, monetize some white space. Like all of that is like my default stuff. So I just took, took like a break and I, I just kind of waited, waited for it. And as I was doing that, the, I was working on the book and I just said, well, you know what, let's just apply it to this because I spent so much time. I mean, I've been going at this 17 years, right? So I spent so much time like screwing up and all I really want is to go back to my previous self and like hand me a roadmap and say, look, this, it's not going to be easy, but this will make it a little bit easier. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's It's not easier, but here's, here's a little, here's a little piece of help. So we're, we're entering, we, we are so 120 years ago, we didn't have electricity. I know. All right. There's countries right now that don't, have electricity. I think it's like a billion people don't even have electricity. These people are going to come up, come online and come through the same shit that we're going through. Yep. Mm-hmm. Macro, like, like thinking decades. It's, it's huge. Yeah. And, and, and the crazy part about that is too, um, you know, is, is like, you look at things like, 
well, I think this is a whole nother topic in itself is the whole like Facebook um, colonization of the internet type stuff. But the opportunity for us to create that content and share it with anybody in the world, like maybe you can give yourself, uh, you know, with quotes around the word yourself, you can give yourself uh, somebody in another country that's going to have this opportunity in the future, that roadmap with the work that you're doing right here, right now. So in a kind of a way, you're uh, existentially moving, you're, you're kind of paying it forward, you know what I mean? Giving somebody else the opportunity to read the mistakes um, and the, the trials and tribulations, the successes that you've had and learn from those. Because yeah, I mean, there, there's, like you said, uh, experience is painful. And, you know, if you'd been able to give yourself a map to this, it would have made things a lot you know, less painful. Somebody in another developing country might find uh, this content one day and not even have to think about, oh, well, I wish I had a map because you've provided it to them. So that that's, it's a really exciting, um, you know, position to be in. And I've realized that having impact, I think is, is really the reason why I got into this. I, I, I keep asking myself, like, right, when we get up in the morning, we ask ourselves, like, why do we do the things we do? Um, why are we driven to do the mm. things that we do? And, uh, for me, I, I know the answer in some ways is uh, because I want to have an impact uh, or have the the ability to have an impact. Technology, I think, allows us to have that pretty freely. Um, you know, we can get on the internet, on Facebook more particularly, and broadcast the message to millions of people. You know, and and for free for the most part, um, which is 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 pretty astounding considering, like you said, that. 120 years ago, we were, we were just getting into the brink of electricity. Um, and actually, you know, uh, Tim Urban of, uh, wait, but why has some really interesting things to talk about with that and, uh, the upcoming AI revolution and how that's going to, you know, make us think about, I think AI is going to be in, in many ways, our next, uh, electricity, like the, the impact that electricity had, uh, AI is, gonna, you know, I was at a talk yesterday for that. Yep. It's, it's, it's yeah, yesterday morning, it's, it's, it's a futurist named like, uh, oh, this is bad. I'm meeting <laughs> a lot of people now. Uh, David Hull, David Hull. Uh, and he's like a futurist and speaks all over the world. And he did a breakfast yesterday morning at this club that I went to, I was invited to by a friend of mine. And he was in that, he used that exact phrase. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. said, AI is or machine learning more accurate. AI's got the brand recognition, but it's really machine right, learning, right? right? Yeah. The machine learning is going to be the electricity. Yes. Yep. And I fully agree because I booted up some ML projects about a couple months ago and I was blown away mm -hmm. by what, what I was able to do. Well, and the crazy part is too, um, I've had, uh, we've been developing a, an AI technology for the government, um, all declassified stuff that was, that was really neat um, that we got to work on. And we were building uh, something for training soldiers, um, and we we use TensorFlow um, for yeah. you know the, for the AI part of it, and it was incredible. Be, you know, watching it learn um, and watching it like gain cognition of of the subject that we were teaching it, and it's crazy because uh, you know we classify those as ANI, uh, artificial natural intelligences, but the really crazy part is, you know, when we get up to AGI and ASI, uh, artificial general and artificial super intelligence, um, I think that's, that's really where things are going to really start changing in a big kind of way, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, things been said about ASI artificial super intelligence where, you know, 
in the early afternoon, the robot or, or whatever form it takes would be learning how to walk. But by dinner time, could be solving uh, problems about general relativity that man that have you know completely baffled mankind for for the years that we've been working on the problems. So it's an incredible thinking about um, you know just the, just the the impact that that will have on humanity in general, and um, you know where what what kind of a generation that we're looking forward to, like you know maybe. Um, travel across the galaxy will become trivial in our time, you know, and uh, I don't know, the opportunities are just incredible. Just thinking about all the, the, uh, the things that are going to come of it, you know, amazing. No, it's amazing. Um, Boston dynamics. You ever see their videos online? Oh yes. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah the parkour robot type deal. That stuff is like unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think like the phys- the physical is going to match, you know, like we have to get to that point where physical is going to match the brains, I guess. But I think it's wrong. You know, we shouldn't be making these AI look like humans. I think we should keep them distinguishable and, you know, keep them as machines. But hey, you know, I'm not I'm not the one making the late. No, everyone's going to want. No, everyone's going to want to have sex with them. That's yeah. like just how it goes. <laughs> yeah. uh, there will be a market if, if there's people that want yeah. it. Or don't want it, there will be a market. So that's too funny. If if humans make it, they try to have sex with it. Yeah, like much. that's like, I mean, I saw American Pie in like the 1999. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was Thank an you, Apple Jason, pie. right? That was an inanimate object. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> what they don't tell you in the movie is you have to wait for it to cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That's funny. That's so good. Um Simon Sinek, you ever come across this guy? Oh yes. Man, I love his I love his stuff. I I I got hooked on him five, seven years ago, obviously the the start with why situation. And I was like, this guy is speaking my language. Like Simon Sinek is my spirit animal, right? <laughs> yes. Like I love I love it. I often I mean I, I love associating people. I I have my Gary Vee spirit animal. I have my Simon Sinek. I put on their, I put on their, I wear their personalities internally, um, and everybody does it. I'm just talking about how I do it, and I call on my spirit animals, and I'll flip out, be like, you know what, today needs today needs some Simon Sinek. You know, I need to to boil it back down to the why and and bring bring the human back into it because I've been like executing like a Gary V beast lately, right? Yeah. So again, it's all that it's all about that balance, you know. Yeah, and and you know, I think the thing is with the cool part is like you have to kind of balance like your because I think, you know, Simon Sinek is his view and his, uh, you know, like I wouldn't I wouldn't call him necessarily like somebody that's like super into tech or like super into, you know, he's just like a really good like this is how you kind of should live your life and think about things. And, and I really like that um, there's people out there that are able to gain the credibility and the recognition that he has because what he does is so useful. Um and I, yeah, I've, I've definitely, you know, watched his approach to things and he just, you know, he's able to look at a situation and really like tear it apart in the way that yeah, I hadn't really thought of, uh, you know, product design until I saw, um, you know, starting with why. And, and I, I think that was really like the first introduction to, to kind of like, you know, there, there's this, there's this very organic side to being a technical person that, you know, he just echoes the things that I'm thinking about oftentimes 
from a, from a, you know, just like who I am as a person and, you know, what is the message, the underlying message that my product tells my buyers and things like that. And he really highlights those things really well. And, um, he's incredible with the the advice that he gives. I, I really love watching, you know, you always feel like super motivated to go do something like meaningful in the world when you watch a video of his. Yeah, he's great at verbalizing introspection. Yes. Right. He looks at himself a lot and I look at myself a lot and you look at yourself a lot just by the way you talk. But what he's what he really nailed, I believe what, you know, has been so attractive about him is his ability to verbalize and communicate Mm -hmm. the analysis of the introspection and the value he's extracting from that act. I think that's like really and and I love it. I love it because. I, I'm le- I'm always learning. It's who I am. I'm always making mistakes. I'm always learning. I'm always growing, and I I love it. And it's it's life to me. And it's like Gary Vee would say, it's a win. It's like my win is like growing, learning, loving, and then like just being in in the position that I'm in right now. Like my money will change right over the next decade. It, it'll grow, but like my I can't love it. You can't. I can't love it more than I love it now. I wake up every single day and I do exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Like I love it. Right. But I, but like I, I ate shit to do it. You know, I had to go spend years and years and years figuring out first acquiring the skills to build, then building, 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 then building different projects, making money, then learning how to manage my money and not lose it. Then learning how to get work with other people and hire people and grow a business so that I can manage the people so that they can make money for me or with me. Right. And, and then I had to get all of that going to the point where now I have a little system that is a positive feedback loop. I'm not rich on it, but it generates enough income for me to have the most magical thing in the world, which is time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I could just be sitting around the house doing nothing because I have a system that's making me money, right? That's not who I am, not even close. So that's why I take all my time now and I'm putting it into into stuff like this because I'm like, why not? Yeah. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, the thing is, is that you hit a great point there is, is that I think we all kind of have to get to that point in our lives where, you know, there's a lot more to life than, you know, getting a mortgage and having kids and settling down in in my opinion. Um, And it's, it's really um, about making an impact and and changing the world. Um, And I think that once you are able to get, you know, your, yourself enough cash in hand, um, to live happily. Like, you know, for many years I thought, you know, I I thought two things that I think are very different from each other. I thought I was going to be someone that's super wealthy. And then on the other side, I thought I was going to be a programmer, um, like a very, you know, devoted programmer, like just, you know, just a programmer. We all have those people in our lives that are, that are like really, really into coding, you know? Um, but then as I, as I like kind of, you know, grew throughout the years and, and, um, looked at what I was doing, I realized that, that both of those things are very wrong from each other. Um, and, and they, you know, they don't go together is that I probably, you know, like we look at, you know, the, the giant majority of wealth, I don't even really want to be in that, that group anyway, just because of the amount of stress, you know, having too much money is just the same as not having enough money. It's caused a lot of stress. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I grew up in, in a family where I saw my parents were always difficult with, you know, bills and getting things through. And, and I, I told myself at a very young age that I wasn't going to let money rule my life, um, you know, once I had it and, and you know, kept it a little bit. So it, it's the um, 
it's crazy because that's what I've really focused on now. And, you know, just like, you know, you're working with getting this, the book going and, and modern CTO and things like that. I've really realized that the way I can contribute to the community is, um, I've, I've really started working on getting into Facebook groups, um, like very passionately one for aspiring people that, you know, may not be programmers yet. Uh, like marketers or, you know, any, anybody that kind of has a job that's semi-technical, um, giving them the skills they need to learn how to build websites, make money doing it, um, you know, and, and that's called the programmer incubator. So I, I really want to focus on, you know, giving the opportunity to people that don't know where to start because, you know, I, I'm sure you, you remember the, the first couple of days of learning oh, that yeah. program. It was like, where the hell do I find all this information, you know? Um, and then the other side of that is, is also like, how do you make money doing it? So it's like one thing to have this really cool toolbox. It's a whole nother thing to be able to actually utilize those tools in a useful way to make money. Um, so it's been, you know, focusing on that and teaching younger people or, or older people. It doesn't really matter if somebody's not satisfied with their job the way it is now. You know, programming really does, I think, allow that opportunity to, um, you know, just become a very critical thinker and see the world in a different light. And uh, I, I, I really think that it enables because of the nature of the work, we're able to work, you know, from the beach or we're able to work from a plane or wherever. It doesn't really matter that it's the, the reason why I've boiled down a lot in myself. I've asked the question, why do I do this? And I think at the end of the day, it's, it's because I'm a pioneer and uh, we all, I think have some undying sense of, of being a pioneer inside of us and the programming and being a CTO is really just a medium to get there. You know what I mean? It's a tool to get there. I, I love what I do. I, I would never, you know, this is my favorite thing to do. I work, you know, sun, uh, sun up to sundown every day because I want to, because I love it. Um, but I, I, I realize that it's also just a tool to kind of get me where I need to be, which is to, like I said, at the beginning, making an impact, um, you know, and, and being able to teach somebody that skill and how to be, uh, be able to be an independent person in this growing economy that's becoming highly competitive and everybody has to have a brand and, you know, all those things, those things are becoming much more sought after. And um, the ability to, to give somebody that, you know, that, that skill or whatever, I, I think is really engaging and, and it's really powerful um, just because of the opportunities that this work allows and opens for us, that kind of doors it opens. So it's, it's, it's very exciting to learn how to program right now. No, I like that, that what you're talking about, the website programmer incubator. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Facebook group. Um, I figured building a website for it would, would work, but, uh, you know, Facebook, it just, they, it's such a passionate community right now. There's, there's so many great opportunities on Facebook even, um, you know, so yeah, it's pretty much a Facebook group for now. Probably will become a website here in the near future. Um, and, you know, some like LMS uh, component added onto it so that people can go through like programming lessons or whatever. All right. I have an idea. I, I want to contribute to that. I want you to yeah, yeah, tell sure. me what you think of this. Sure. Go for it. So we, so I have the, you know, Lodge 17 or whatever, and I have a friend and he made a bunch of money with his Bitcoin and he's very smart with the whole cryptocurrency and he's been, he's one of the leaders in cryptocurrency. Nice. And yeah, he's like, I don't know what they say. He's on like the boards of some of the cryptocurrency, like he's involved. He's just involved, right? Yeah. So I had done, he had like this exchange that I built for him and made it look really pretty uh, a few years ago and it's 
done really well and he's been around Bitcoin forever, right? So he came to me and he said, oh, I saw what's happening with your modern CTO stuff. And I want to do that for my company. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, we're not really, we're just figuring it out. All I'm doing is executing this guy, Gary stuff, go watch his stuff for, you know, consume every single piece of his content for months and then like, just do that. And I realized, oh wait, oh snap, that's value, right? (laughs) Like the fact that I consumed (laughs) his content and I know what he does is value because there's no Gary V one sheet, you know, like you have to just train your brain with his stuff. So I was like, all right, well, look, here's what I'll do. I will let you have access to my my what I'm doing I've got like a Google Drive and it's got all the notes in there it's got how I put together everything and it's got all my contacts for my producers and everything like that and I would love to give them more business too right and help everybody involved so I was like yeah yeah we'll do all that and then he's but he needed a vehicle he needed like a really awesome website right to start directing people to that's outside of his exchange mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. sort of his consultancy and sort of like his PR stuff so sorry right, well look I'll 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 do the website for you because I've known the guy for seven years and he's, he's kind of a cool guy, right? He's a drummer too. So he's pretty cool. And yeah. And so I like him. I, I, his name's Robert. He's a great guy. And I said, all right, well, you know, I'll charge you for the time and we'll do the web. We'll do your website and we'll knock it out of the park. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, that's fantastic. Right. So that just can't, you know, happened like a week or two ago and we're starting the project this week and I, and we're recording so much stuff and so many guests and, all of this stuff that we're doing with video now, and it's it's just going to be crazy. The amount of content of this content machine we're putting out for Modern CTO is just it's going to be unimaginable, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, let's let's uh, since this is a project from the beginning, I know I, this is something I've done a hundred times. Let's just uh, let's document the whole thing on video. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's do it from the from all the client meetings, all the sketches, all the wireframes, all the value communications, the coding, the testing the photo shoot that we're going to do with the photographer, the PR write-up that we're going to do. Let's document every single thing we do and let this be completely transparent because it's not my business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be hired to make websites. Like that's right. not what I want to do. But because, but there are lots of people out there who do want that to be their business. There are lots of people out there who do want to like learn that, right? And there's a little bit of you know, the coding side of it, the business side of it, the project management side of it. There's a lot of jobs that occur in there that I have skills with. So I said, all right, we're just going to totally voyeur transparently document this entire uh, process and just release it all online for free. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just release all the videos. This is it. Well, and, you know, I think that the, uh, the, the like people love living vicariously now. So any amount of content that that allows them to like kind of introspect into somebody else's day, I think is is like hugely um, useful because, you know, that's one of the things that I always wondered, um, you know, you I guess I'll talk about my inspiration from from a long time ago. Um, I think the one that, that got me really inspired in everything Um tech wise was Steve Jobs from a young age. I, I think a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs find that that to be the case for themselves. Um, but what I what just to do acid or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, the, we know what we know what's going on. The, yeah. The sharp edges of jobs, yeah, for real. Um, right. But, sorry, for, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, but the uh, you know the 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 thing that I think frustrated me the most was, is that like, you know, back in those days when I don't think content was a first class citizen, um, because you know, things like Facebook didn't exist and whatnot, you know, you always see him at the, the keynote presentation, giving the keynote about, you know, how this is the most amazing MacBook they've ever sold and blah, 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 blah. 
but you never saw his day to day, you know, and, and especially jobs particularly was a very, um, you know, he, he didn't want to be entirely public about the things that he did from day to day and things of that nature. But there's really, when I see my heroes like Elon Musk today, uh, showing their day to day, um, it just gets me really excited because, you know, I study that stuff like as if, you know, it were me in that situation and like, what would I do? And it's really cool to be able to see the people that I, I look up to, um, you know, or, or, or my peers even, um, being able to share their content with the world because, you know, I, I always wondered what people's day to day looked like. And, and I think that's the secret sauce for most operations is like, what, you know, what do their, like, what, what is their bedside manner? I guess, I, you know what I mean? I guess that's kind of a, a strange way to put it, but you know, what, what are the dirty details as far as like, what do they do during the day that makes them so successful? Like, all, you know, every, every interaction that they have, like, what does it look like? And being able to, to get into a content machine, um, I think a lot of people share that ambition, but you know, maybe some people couldn't put the, put the, the, uh, finger on the point that they needed to, and they couldn't identify it. But I think that being able to create content where you're able to see what people's day to day looks like is incredibly powerful because it's like empowering a whole new generation of people that aren't just, you know, seeing the day of the presentation, but they're seeing every day that leads up to that presentation and like the sweat that had to go through, you know, carving the aluminum or whatever, you know, uh, situation and, and industry they're in. But it's really powerful to just be able to um, see what your the people that you look up to and the people that you want to be, what they do, and then be able to like almost mimic them and do the same thing and, and you know, get similar results. So it's a very exciting time for that. You're nailing it. You're just flooding my mind. I, I love you as a guest. Okay. A couple of points. Uh, monkey see, monkey do. Something I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted, I think it's great to be a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Just, uh, this is a life is a game. I want more points. I want to, I think it'd be a cool thing to do. Yep. Be a billionaire. Great. If I don't hit it and I die, no sweat off my back. Right. right. So I want to do this, so I took a very Elon Musk first principles approach, boiled it back down, and one of the first things I did was I found the life stories of three billionaires. Mm-hmm. I got Bezos, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, mm-hmm. Elon Musk, mm-hmm. and Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. So I audibled their life stories, right, because I liked Audible, and um, I audibled their life stories, and I listened to them, and it monkey see monkey do when i can watch that i don't even know how to verbalize it you get more benefit out of watching or listening to the life story of a billionaire than you would from a book or or even a talk of a billionaire telling you what to do yep and and it's so crazy that you know i i think for a long time people were scared that you know, that was their secret sauce. They couldn't tell anyone like, shh, don't tell anyone that, you know, that's like KFC giving its, it's a uh, fried chicken recipe out. Right. But right. people like Gary V realize that that's bullshit. You know what I mean? That yeah. just because you show everybody uh, the content, you know, if you show everybody how you do it, you show everybody, everything, you're completely transparent. There's still only like 0.005% of those people are actually going to take action. They're actually going to do it. You know, I, I, that, that's what makes me uh, laugh. And, and I think you'll, you'll share this sentiment with me um, a little bit. But, you know, you hear of, of all these people that have the best idea for an app ever. You know, but they want to be like, oh, you have to sign three NDAs before you can even look at this idea. You know what I mean? And, and it's so funny because 
you look at those people and you're like, you don't really, you don't really see it. Do you like that? That I don't care about your idea that like, I'm going to be doing my own thing. I'm going to be working on my own stuff. People are so scared of like everybody stealing their idea, but the people that get ahead in the market are those that don't care about that stuff. You know what I mean? Where were you yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Jake, J- Jake's one of my um, awesome people that helped me out. And we don't even give him a label. He's just always here. And he listens to the call. He helps make notes and, and things like that of the, the good parts and everything. Like that. Jake, do you remember who we were talking to yesterday on the call? Andrew Ward. Andrew Ward. All right. We were talking to this guy, Andrew Ward, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were, this is, this is what came up. This conversation right here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Because everyone wants people come up to me and say, Oh, I want to hire you to make an app. I heard you make apps. Okay. And then, you know, here, I want you to sign this NDA. I, I Googled because I don't, and I, I look, <laughs> I'm just like, look, dude, you, first of all, you don't have it. You don't, you don't just because you want to do an app that does not negate you from it being a business. Right. Okay. You have to do all the, like, it's like you're a business that uses an app as your product. Like you don't get to not be business. You don't get to not do the business things because you have an app. You just right. put it on the store and it's like, Oh, I'm a millionaire. It's like, okay. No, no, no. Secondly, you have to go, if I have an app idea, I got to go ask 50 people if it's worth pursuing. Right. I got a lot of ideas. I, I go say, hey, is this, is this good? Is this good? Is this good? You tell everybody your idea. If people think it's great, then okay, you have something that's, then you pursue a business model. Right. And if you've got a great idea and a business model, then you go back to the people who can, and you say, would you actually pay me money for this? All right. You get through all those steps. Now you actually have something worth building. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, then you start building. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and I think people take the exact opposite approach. They build it and then they go, well, I'm going to be a millionaire, aren't I? It's like, uh, well, what about that business you had to make? You know, like <laughs> it's funny how it might, I guess, you know, I, I, I guess we're lucky because we've had the experience to learn these things throughout the years and, and, you know, get really good at at kind of nailing it on the head every time, uh, you know, just being able to kind of take an idea from, because I'm sure for you, you feel the same. Um, I don't really think of it like being, I don't think of the business and the app as, you know, completely separate things. They just kind of like work together. They're, they're, they're woven together very closely and it's the growth of both of them that, that make it really successful. And, and I, I think that's obvious hindsight's 2020 kind of thing, but the, um, the number of people that don't understand the underlying philosophy. And I think this is where the social network, that movie, you know, really created a lot of, uh, a lot of hype around that you know people like slamming phones down and like you're talking to my lawyer you know what i mean like like all these like crazy hollywood things got people so excited and they feel like they have to ask everybody for an nda and a non-compete and this and this i had some guy that um i built a website for about about a month ago and um I call him and, you know, we figured everything out and uh, got the proposal uh, all finished up and, and got everything squared away and we were ready to go. And uh, he calls me and he's like, hey, I just talked to my mom and like talked to his mom. Uh, LOL. Um, but I had to talk to his mom. It was like, yeah, my parents told me that I should get an NDA and this and this with you. And I was like, well, man, we're just doing a website. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not like, you know, I'm not giving you the the codes to hack the Pentagon, man. Like, Jesus, you know, it's just a website. Right. And and I feel like people, everybody thinks their idea is worth a million bucks. Um, I think that's the, the summary of it. You know what I mean? Like, everybody thinks yeah. that their idea is worth, you know, they're going to be the next 
they're going to be the next Facebook, which KFC, KFC. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. no, no, here, when you're talking about KFC that, all right, I got, oh, I got a weird connection to KFC. So <laughs> I have, I have a cousin, right? We don't get to pick our family, right? We don't, <laughs> we don't get to, we don't get to pick, I have a younger cousin who's in high school and the kid is like, for some reason he latched onto KFC. Like he's obsessed with KFC. Uh-huh. Like he makes, he makes jokes, but like, he's like always let, let me tell you what. So he had for his birthday, he had his parents got some like a guy to dress up like KFC, the Colonel. Oh my God, the Colonel. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can't make it up, right? And like, he loves KFC. Like, the Colonel came to his birthday. Like, some kids have, you know, like Woody from Toy Story or something. Whatever. This kid had the Colonel from KFC coming to. We won't even like think more about it. We'll just let it be, right? So, so yeah. With the secret recipe, it set something off in my mind when you were talking about that. Because let's let's pers- let's imagine a reality where they did give it away. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. because the the reality that they imagined if they gave it away is simple. Mm-hmm. No one would come to KFC. Their competitors would copy them. Whatever, whatever. But here's here's the looking from today backwards. Here's a more realistic reality that I think would have happened. There would have been. Uh, they would have had more fans because people would be able to engage with their brand outside of being at their location. They'd be able to make it. They'd be able to make slight improvements and they would actually probably form a community. There might've even been KFC clubs where they get together and they all share the different variations that they made and they, it grew a brand and now you've got people always talking about KFC and you've got these KFC enthusiasts and influencers who are always representing the KFC brand even when KFC isn't running ads. You have all You would develop this entire community around KFC and it would cost them nothing. Yep. And that's the reality, I think, if, if they would have given it away. Well, and, and, you know, the question is, is back in the day when they started, you know, I'm sure that that was more of a, a prevalent issue, you know, giving away these things and, and whether that would work for their business model, probably, you know, back in the eighties, that probably wouldn't have worked all that well, but, you know, we start to see, and, and this is where it's incredible and I think where technology kind of is like bleeding into the rest of the, uh, the world and society and things like that is, is that, you know, I, I see the, the congruence to this in my head is, is the open source, uh, nature of, of projects and things like that. And, um, yeah, it, and, and it's, it's a great, it's a great question. It's, it's like the age old tale, especially for software developers, it's, do we open source this and give this and let a community grow around it? Do we have to, you know, uh, you know, get it, get a, a community going and, you know, putting all the time into to getting that. But once that community is, is grown, it's going to, you know, grow the product so much more, or do we keep it closed source and do we keep it, you know, is it our intellectual property? And I, I think we're finding more and more that the, the former, um, you know, making an open source has really become uh, a really powerful, like, it's almost like a, like a separate part of your business. Um, and that's really one of the big things that I've focused on as well as the technology that we are building for uh, this company, um, the, the moving company. Um, you know, we're going to try to open source a lot of a lot of the core components and the features of the actual product so that we have a, a community um, grow up around it. And that, you know, solidifies our position in the market. Um, I'll give you a great another example of that. You remember when uh, I'd say probably about two, three years ago. Everyone thought that Facebook was going to die one day, you know, oh, it's going to go, yeah. it's going to disappear in the thin space. But the reality of it is, is that they were probably the smartest um, 
uh, they're probably one of the smartest like open source slash uh, business and code integration type companies. Because what I realized was, is that they can never die because what do you sign into all your apps with? What do you, you know, make payments on? What do you build your, your entire, uh, events, uh, system around, you know, like there's all these, these different integrations that they've, they've given to developers and they've solidified their name. You know, there will always be until the end of time of, of computers, or maybe not till the end of time, but whatever we get the uh, metaphor there till the end of time, you know, there's going to be code. There's going to be source code running in somebody's system. That's going to be owned by Facebook, which is genius because now Facebook can never die, you know? And, and that's the same thing that I, that's the way I see open source. Um, and that's the way I see, um, positioning, you know, my products and my, uh, services and things like that, you know, don't be scared to, to tell people how you do it. I think that just gets people more excited because they feel, uh, very honest and they feel like there's, they can have a connection with that company. Um, and I, I'm making sure that I build, you know, everything around that mentality is, is, you know, don't. Try not to be closed source. Sometimes there's good reasons for closed source, you know, security, some security things. And, you know, there's a few various things. Um, but keeping it open source to keep your community active and and give back to the people that, you know, like developers are going to grow a platform. Like they're they're the people, they're the workers that are going to, you know, so say, you know, you're, you're trying to make some, some cool recipe website, right? Well, if you allow, you know, developers to integrate their cookbooks and their, their XYZ into your product, you're really just, you know, solidifying your position in the market and you're giving yourself a leg up. And I think that's what creates sustainable products that live long, um, that don't just, you know, come and go is creating a presence in the market, not just from a, a business standpoint, but from, um, a code side and, you know, there's many different places, but open source, I yeah, think is, I was, is for this. I was having this conversation with a uh, CTO and he's got a great development team and great company and everything like that. And I said, I was talking with him. I said, look, I would take, he asked me what I would do. Right. So it was prompt. He asked for my feedback. Right. So, all right, well, what I would do is I would take some of my top developers on as far as like the people with the best skill and communication and I would put money I would actually put the company's money behind them to grow them as a developer put them out at conferences have them teach have them give lectures make some videos like do some videos in the office of them working like kind of build them up and they said well we don't want to build them up and I said well why I said they'll leave like they'll, they'll get a huge, they'll get a huge reputation. I'm going to start using reputation instead of brand right now yeah. too. They'll get a huge reputation, right? They're going to get a great reputation and they're going to leave. They're going to leave. I said, so that's how you see it. It's a fear-based decision. I, whenever I feel yeah. myself making decisions out of fear, I try to make sure I really want to, right? So it, I said, well, here's, here's an alternate perspective, okay? That person leaves, but they got their entire reputation by being the lead person at your company you're going to attract the best talent off of that off of that person's back not only that is now you're the company that puts the best people into the market right you're the company that puts the best people in the market your brand will he will forever be known as the guy that came out of xyz yep you know and, and Google, you know, like they're not thinking I, I i know they're not thinking over at google like oh what if our developers leave you know, that's not the mentality, you know, and, and, and that's, it's smart that you've, you've, you've taken that route. Cause I, I, I totally agree. And the other part is too, is, is that that person will always wear a badge of pride 
for working uh, for have worked at that company, you know. So, and and oh, what he'll I love you forever. He'll talk about you forever. He'll be like, they gave me my start. He, he in every interview ever. Let's say that they go on to be the extreme. He's like Elon Musk. You you're you can't buy that. And when you actually look at the money you would spend to do that, you're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay, you're talking like you know you could you could take ten grand and put it into three of your top people, and the return on that would be absurd. Yep. You'd be blown away by the return on that. Well, and the, the interesting thing to me is as well is, um, you know, the 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 thing I've learned, you know, there's still places for good old networking um, within, you know, any business. I think every business has an opportunity to network. Um, you know, if you're if you're a um, a moving company, it's it's going out to you know meetings of apartment trade shows, or you know, if you're a web development company, it's you know, going out to, you know, maybe like a, a, a meeting, uh, a meetup or something like that. You know, there's still places for networking and everything. And the power and the presence of a positive, um, I guess, just a feedback from from somebody that that appreciates you, to me, is so much more powerful than than a negative one. I mean, you know, the negative news travels faster. But I think, you know, when you hear of a lasting interaction that somebody had with another uh, company or something like that, you know, that, that is so powerful because they're going to continue selling your product for years, you know, instead of yeah. bad mouthing your product, because I, I, from a, like I said, from, from a, like the impact it has on me, a, a good um, review of something, you know, it shows me like, I'm willing to trust that person. If I know that person, I'll buy that product. But the problem is, is that if they're talking negative, uh, negatively about you know your your product, that's going to spread so much more quickly. So, you know, giving that that person the the resources they need to to get a leg up or or whatever, I, I think that you know that's super uber powerful, and and that's why you know I, I never uh, focused on you know may, trying to make a profit off of somebody that's you know trying to learn a new technology or something. I, I'm always just trying to help people up because I know that the positivity of that, that genuine interaction with that, that new programmer that, you know, is just getting their start. I just had this happen actually, which is, is hilarious that we're talking about this, but, um, you know, I had a, had a guy that I mentored for six months, um, you know, without any, you know, he, he'd been helping me out with a little bit and, um, I was giving him a couple bucks here and there, um, you know, and he, and he was more than happy just learning, you know, but I, I wanted to like show him that getting paid in programming is, is just as important as learning how to program. Um, right. but you know, was, was teaching him all this stuff and he just got a job and, um, I called him up the other day and, and I was like, Hey, you know, I, I noticed that there were some tickets ready for testing that, you know, hadn't been gotten to for, for a few weeks. Um, and I wanted, you know, just wanted to talk to you and see where, where your head's at. And he's like, yeah, man, like, you know, I was, I was really trying not to avoid, yeah, I was trying to avoid, uh, telling you about it, but you know, I think I've got this job now. Um, and, and my time's too, too crazy. And I think he was nervous cause he thought I was going to be like, Oh, you know, wow, you, you can't leave and blah, you know? And I was like, yeah, like, wow, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that, man. And I think that's what most people think, you know, is, is that like you, you know, you give something, you expect to get something back, but really in this case, you know, I just really wanted to see this guy succeed and the power of that interaction, just judging on, you know, I've had this situation happen before knowing the business that that's brought to me now in this standpoint, I'm so glad that I invested the time in teaching those people, even though they may not have ended up being on my, you know, direct team, they ended up being on my team indirectly because they promoted the product for years. So it's, it's powerful. It's very powerful. 
Awesome. I have a, I love, I love reading your, your bio here. We could go forever, but I want to wrap it up and I've got a last question for you. Sure. Okay. You get a time. Let's say Elon Musk calls you up. He goes, yep. Doug, I don't, I don't have this as great of voices as you. I've loved your voices throughout the call, <laughs> by the way. Um, he calls you up and he says, Doug, I just invented a time machine. And you can use it, but you can, it only goes in one place. It'll go 10 years back to your previous self. So you can jump in it and you get to give yourself one piece of advice and then you got to come back. What is it? Uh, that's a tough one, man. Um, I, I think that the, the one thing that, that has resonated throughout the years um, is, is that there's really there's no way to fake being awesome. Like you really have to spend the time. You have to, you have to, uh, focus on the little details. You can't persistence and and time, um, on one good thing, create something amazing. Um, so, you know, really focusing on, on every little detail you can. Um, even when you think, you know, I, I, my brain moves so fast that, I find myself like quickly moving between projects because, you know, my brain has a moment of idle. It sits. Um, but it, through the years, I've learned that, you know, having that idle time is probably one of the most important things because it's where your inspirations come from. And it's where you're able to look at um, all the details of a project and really, you know, consider them in every light. So, you know, I think persistence to being awesome takes you can't fake it. You know, you really just have to spend the time. Um, I would say that that's probably, you know, the, the Doug, thing that, that would nailed do. it. Yep. You know what? I've been talking a lot about needing, uh, like a sound effects board. When you were preaching there, I wanted to do some like organ piano, like some like <laughs> gospel music, like preach it. I just wanted to be like, Oh, Doug, you know, like, <laughs> like I really wanted to like, that's what I was feeling. I was like, Hey, you know, I want to like stay up. I feel like I should, I'm going to wear a gown. I need a gown. I need a gown. We need to gotta get uh, the choir going. Oh yeah. We gotta get the choir. We gotta get the choir. That's what I was feeling like. Gotta you know? gotta do a little preacher. Amen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I gotta I gotta edit in some music there for you. All right. No, this is great. Yeah, we would love in a couple months to have you back back on. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Stitcher, the podcast app. We are everywhere that you are, modern CTO. Thank you so much. You guys sharing this means the absolute world to me. We want to get this information as far and wide as possible. 